When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sheila Shoiga. Welcome to Ready to Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. But today, instead of sitting down to have a chat with somebody, I'm going it alone once again. So I'm recording this on Tuesday, the 31st of March. It's lunchtime and I currently have my head in my wardrobe because somebody told me that's one of the best places to record for sound quality. So, yeah, I'm recording this on my phone using a mic that I bought online. Cost me about 45 quid. So I'm guessing the sound quality won't be amazing, but I hope you'll stick with me and listen to this and perhaps you might find it useful in one way or another. Now, I've always said, I'm not perfect. None of us are. I'm not claiming to be an expert of any type, but I just thought I'd share some of my my own opinions, feelings, thoughts on what's going on at the moment and if it resonates for you on any level or helps you in any way or challenges how you're thinking about it right now or perhaps helps shift your perspective then I see this exercise as being a worthy one. And I know that everybody is experiencing this time in very different ways. So my experience is unique to me and yours could be completely different. There are those of us who get up and leave our homes and have to go to work, whether you're working in the supermarket or in the pharmacy or whether you're in a hospital, whatever it is in whatever capacity, if you're out in the community helping people and having to work and having to physically interact with people, that's a very different experience to the one I have. And then you might have people listening to this who are living on their own and are struggling with the lack of physical contact that comes with this time. Or you might be going through a breakup. You might be at the end of a relationship and now you've been forced to stay at home and live with the person that you no longer want to live with. So there are so many different variants along the line of 
what this time means for us as individuals. It's not a one size fits all. So all I can do is give my own perspective based on my own experience. And perhaps it might help in one way or another. Now, my intention is not to hurt anyone or not to to make anyone feel anxious by my words. So if you feel triggered by me, by what I'm saying, listen to your body and do what's right for you. And if that means turning off this podcast and listening to something else, then I recommend that you do that because nobody knows your own body, your own thoughts and emotions better than you. And that would be one of the biggest things I'd encourage anyone to do is to tune into themselves. And we'll get to that, I think, as we answer, as I answer some of the questions that you sent in. Because oftentimes it's about trusting ourselves that I think is really, really important. And that will help us through this very strange time. So maybe, maybe this time that we know is completely different, like we've never been here before. There is no rule book or guidebook on how to get through the coronavirus because it never, it never existed before, before now. So we're, we're learning more about it every single day. We don't know how long it's going to go on for. We don't know the full impact of it yet. But maybe we can see it from a different perspective, see it through a different lens. And I'd invite you to take this time while you're listening to this to check in with yourself, maybe challenge your own thoughts and emotions on it right now. So maybe, maybe it's, it's weirdly a messenger, an invitation to actually slow down, to stop the busy, busy on the hamster wheel of go, go, go. And bring it back to basics, you know, I mean, how many (laughs) I know so many of my friends who are baking every day and cooking food from scratch with their kids at home. And even though it's incredibly stressful and by the way, I get it, I'm freelance. Pretty much all my work for the next few months are just wiped gone. And and obviously that means my income is gone. So, I mean, I totally understand the frustration the fear and all that goes with it. But maybe it's an opportunity to actually take stock of where we're at in our lives now. Uh, Put the distractions aside, not replace them with other things, because oftentimes what happens is people go from the busy to wanting to be uber productive in this time. There's nothing wrong with doing workouts. There's nothing wrong with wanting to upskill. Absolutely not. And I'm not saying that. But if you are pressuring yourself to fill your days with having to create, having to do, then you're you're not really you're not really pausing, you're not taking stock of where you're at. And maybe that would be the best place to put your energy into right now. To actually sit with it and see what comes up. And you might not like what comes up. And sometimes what comes up for us when we quieten the mind and we actually pay attention is not pretty and not nice. But if we work through it, it can massively benefit our lives. And I speak this way because I have had periods of my own life where I have done what I would call work because it's work. It, it does require our attention. It does require energy to stop, examine ourselves, examine our behaviours um, and how we respond or react to a situation. Now, this doesn't mean like being fake or hiding how you feel or putting on the smile and being 
positive all the time because I think that in itself causes a lot of problems and a lot of trouble. It's about honouring where you're at this particular moment in time, but also being aware of the power of your actions and your words that it has on other people, particularly those you love. So on Instagram, I asked you guys to send me in questions that you wanted me to answer. I've taken a selection of them here and I have them in front of me on a piece of paper. So I'm going to try and get through as many as I can over the next while. Um, The first one I have here is, are you worried about the days ahead? I'm sure this is a question we could ask each and every one of us. Because worry is a natural human response to uncertainty. So truthfully, am I worried about the days ahead? Yes. Have I been worried? Yes. Am I always worried? No. Uh, I find that when I, when I feel worry creeping in, I recognise when I take stock that it can manifest in anxiety or anger or frustration or whatever it is. So I know it doesn't do me any good. And when I, when I really notice it, um, I try and just take stock and implement those simple tools that are very, very helpful, which are becoming aware of your breathing, something we do every moment of every day from the moment we're born to the moment we die. It's something our bodies do for us. But if we bring our awareness into our breath, it can really slow everything down and calm the system and calm our thoughts, which in turn calms our reaction or responses to a situation. And I find the moments when I don't do that, that's when I am reactive or irritable, you know. So it's it's a natural concern. But actually, do you know what? Something I... I remember when I was when I was sick. So I had I had cancer eight years ago. Um, I had thyroid cancer, and I remember when I was going through my treatment. You know, I I wanted to like read, 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 read a lot of positivity, a lot of positive quotes, a lot of positive books. Uh, you know, I was trying to help myself as much as I possibly could, and I came across a quote um, by the Dalai Lama. I hope I remember it now, but I remember it resonated with me on such a deep level. Like I, I literally, the second I read it, I got goosebumps through my body because I felt exactly where I was at. And if I remember it correctly, I think he was asked what surprised him the most about humanity, about, about people. And his response was man, because he sacrifices his health in order to make money. Then he sacrifices money to recuperate his health. And then he's so anxious about the future that he doesn't enjoy the present moment with the result being that he doesn't live in the present or the future. He lives as if he's never going to die and then he dies, having never really lived. And I remember... When I read those words, I felt so much. As I said, I got goosebumps. I felt emotional because it was my life was giving me the greatest wake up call that I had ever received. And I know anyone listening to this who's been through hardship in one way or another. It might not be an illness, but it could be something else. You might have lost someone you love, be it through a relationship breakdown or through death or whatever it is, you know. Um, Anything who's experienced pain or difficulty knows what it's like to worry, worry about the future, worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. 
when all we have is here and now. All we have is this moment. Always. This is it. The more we can guide ourselves back to now, the more things will feel less scary, less stressful, less anxious, you know, less frustrating. All of those negative emotions that have, are all born out of fear at the end of the day. Every single one of them are fear-based. But when you actually stop and ask yourself in the moment, what do I have right now? Right now, right now. So right now, what do I have? I am, my head is in the wardrobe. I may not be the most comfy I've ever been, but my body is working. I'm able to speak and I'm recording a podcast and I'm really thankful for that. So this is what I have right now. I have have loads more, but you know what I mean? I'm just distilling it down. So ask yourself right now, what do I have? If you're worried about tomorrow and you're worried about next week, none of us know how this is going to go. None of us have ever been here before. So as it's, it's like it goes against nature, doesn't it, to tell yourself not to worry. But the best advice I could give is to keep bringing it back to the now. Keep bringing it back to fact. What do you have now? And if you're listening and if you're one of the lucky ones that's healthy and well, celebrate that. Be grateful for that. If you're somebody listening who isn't well and you're unwell for whatever reason, or perhaps you're listening to this and you have coronavirus, maybe you're not that ill. Maybe you're doing okay. Maybe you're not. Whatever it is, there is still, I hope, still something to be grateful for, even when you're feeling like you're in a dark hole. And trust me, in terms of having experienced difficulty, I really do know what I'm saying in the sense that I've had periods in my life where I have really struggled to see, to see the light, you know. Um, yeah, I, I just have, I had times when putting on the kettle and making a cup of tea was really, really tough and I didn't think I was going to be able to do it. I am not being dramatic when I say that. That is absolutely how I felt at one point in my life. So I get it. I get the struggle to do simple things, to function in very simple ways. And when you're struggling, simple things become increasingly difficult. But there is always things to be thankful for. Always just have to go looking for them. We just have to give ourselves permission to see them and to feel them and to take them in and allow ourselves to feel happy about them. Recognising that our thoughts impact our emotions and how we feel physically and vice versa is also really beneficial. So if you're feeling like, you know, you've a, I don't know, a headache or your tummy is feeling crampy or sore or tight, become aware of your thoughts. Become aware of how you're feeling about something because usually there is a connection there. So if you feel worried, you know, that'll affect how you think, how you behave in a situation and how your body responds, how your sleep is impacted. So recognise that all of those things are intertwined and it's about finding some happy balance or some happy medium. And I say this as somebody who has had moments of, I mean, I've I've obviously felt stressed about this. My sleep has been impacted at different stages But a few weeks in now to these measures, I have learned 
what I am able to take on physically, mentally and emotionally and what I'm not. So now I monitor how much news I'm actually consuming. There was a time there a few weeks ago, by the end of February into early March, before the measures were even taken in, I was consuming pretty much wall-to-wall news. I was watching every primetime and Clareburn Live and The Tonight Show going. I was listening to you know, all the news, the news I could get and all the news shows I could I could hear. And then I was checking Twitter and I was just taking way too much in. Now, I'm not saying to not watch these shows. I'm just saying everything in moderation, um, because sometimes it's, it's all you can see and all you can feel and all you can hear is this negativity. And um, while it's important to be informed, and I really believe it is very important to be informed, you can also just do it too much. Um, I don't believe in completely putting blinkers on and not not being aware of what's happening either. So now what I try and do is get my hit news in the morning sometime and then I don't really allow myself to listen to anything until um, maybe the nine o'clock news. Now, it's easy because, you know, you're busy anyway. My little boy is two and a half, so you're busy. Um but I, I just knew it wasn't really helping me. And at the end of the day, we all know what we need to do now. Um, if we're in the enviable, let's be honest, it is. We are in the privileged position, many of us, to be in our own home. So if we are in that position and if we're in that situation, all we need to do is mind ourselves, stay in, get the healthy exercise within two kilometres of the house, keep the hands washed, all of that kind of stuff. Um just recognise that worry is normal. Don't beat yourself up over it. But also ask yourself, am I allowing worry and concern and fear control me and impact how my day goes? And if you are, then you need to look at that and perhaps you need to change some things you're doing to give yourself the best possible chance to not feel as wound up. Another question here, can we incorporate a good routine in our very different lives now? I I think we can. Um, I don't know about anybody else. And as I said at the beginning, I suppose it's individual to all of us, depending on our own circumstances. From our perspective, because we have a little boy of two and a half, routine is really important. Any parent listening to this will will get it. But obviously, non-parents will get it too if they're around smallies and know that they usually get up at a certain time. They usually eat at a certain time. They usually go down to bed at a certain time. So therein, there is a routine in place anyway. Um, But even if you're on your own or even if you have to go out to work, I think creating your own routine that suits you will help. And, you know, we, we keep talking about this new normal. It's important that we adapt to this because we don't know how long it's going to last. You know, we're in these pretty extreme measures at the moment whether they will become more relaxed in a few weeks or whether they'll stay the same, we don't know. Um, So adapting, accepting and going with the flow as much as we possibly can is definitely the way forward. Because if we resist it, we just create more tension and more stress and more frustration in our lives. And it's the difference between recognising, well, what can I control and what can't I control? So what we can't control is the virus. What can we control? We control how we respond to it, how we feel about it, what we do with our time. We do have control over that. So um, 
I think try and trust in this process is hard. I get it. I know it's hard. But letting go of the need to understand it, letting go of the need to control it and to know when it's going to end will really help you. Surrendering to the process is massively beneficial, not just in this situation, but for me, it's been a huge learning. If if I was to say what is like if somebody asked me what is the most important what was what was the most important thing you learned through the process of being sick and you know all the things that I went through I would probably say um I learned the magic of letting go of letting go of the need to understand why this is happening and what will happen tomorrow and the more you surrender and you let go life gets easier I remember when I was sick and I had gone through a breakup and I was in I was just feeling very low in myself. I felt like my self-esteem was at rock bottom. And some mornings I'd get up and I kind of drag myself out of bed and I wouldn't bother making the bed. And then I might go downstairs. I wouldn't have washed my face. And if I didn't have work to go to, I might just stay in the jammies and just pip about the place, but not get really get anything done. And I just felt a bit bleh and a bit low in energy. And... It didn't help because at the end of the day, I'd go upstairs and I'd have a messy bed to get into. So what I have learned is simple exercises that we do on a daily basis can massively help our mindset, which in turn helps our mood and helps how we approach the day. So even in this time when I know a lot of people don't bother getting dressed, um, and are just staying in jammies all day. Is there anything wrong with that? Absolutely not. Have I done that myself? Absolutely I have. But the longer this goes on, the more routine will actually benefit us. And I don't mean, you know, putting on the heels and getting dolled up every day. I mean, that's ridiculous. But personally, I do actually like washing my face and putting on a small bit of makeup. It gives me a lift. And that may seem really superficial and completely nonsensical to do right now. And I get it. And if it, if that's how it feels for you, well, then that's right for you. But for me, it makes me feel a bit better to have a bit of lippy on or a lick of mascara. So, so that stuff helps. Um, and even if you're only getting out of the jammies you wore in bed and you're putting on another pair of jammies for the day, at least you're doing something. So I think getting up out of bed, do you, do you make your bed in the morning? Are you just leaving the bed in a mess? This is not a judgment. I'm not here to to shame you or to guilt trip you about it. I'm just saying that I used to be this person who wasn't bothered about making the bed. I kind of thought, what's the point? But the simple exercise now of making the bed, it it just helps. It helps my mood. It um, And it's nice when you get into the room again, even if you're not necessarily getting out of bed straight away, whatever your own situation is. It's nice to come into the room and at least the bed is made. Even if I have a load of crap in the corner and clothes piling up or whatever the case may be, well, at least the bed is made. So to get my point, at least small, small basic habits are completed, you know. There's actually a great clip. It's on YouTube. Um, it's by, the, I think he's a commander in the Navy, but it's worth watching actually. It's called... I think it's called If You Want to Change the World, Start by Making Your Bed. Um, and when I watched it, it brought a smile to my face. But yeah, so look, if just check in with yourself. Are you making the bed in the morning? Are you getting up? Are you brushing your teeth? You know, are you, you know, are you splashing water on your face? Check in with what your behaviours are like in the day. Um, are you wearing a bra? You don't have to. 
But sometimes it's nice to actually feel like you're getting dressed, even if you're only putting on a tracksuit or another pair of jammies, as I said. Um, you know, it is a time to slow. It is a time to relax at home. But it's also good to sometimes bang on the runners and go for a walk or a run or go for a cycle as long as you can do it safely. So create those very simple, basic, positive daily routines, particularly at a time of uncertainty. We have control over what we do in the day. So you can put into action certain things that will help your mindset, which will mean that when you go to bed that night, that you might sleep a bit better. Because as any sleep expert says, it's not about what we do like an hour before bed. It's how we behave all day long that impacts how we sleep that night. So um, practicing gratitude is massive as well. Even when you wake up in the morning, instead of picking the phone up and scrolling, and I'm a devil for doing it myself, or maybe take a second to just bring to mind what you're thankful for in that moment. It doesn't need to take too long. You can do it in a matter of seconds or minutes, but you might just place your hands on your heart, lie back in bed, keep the eyes closed and go, what am I happy for now? Oh, nice warm bed. You know, my partner is beside me, my hubby, my girlfriend, my wife, whatever it is. Maybe you're on your own. Maybe you're just thankful to have a bit of space to be. You know, maybe your kids are there. Maybe you're going out to work. and Maybe you're just thankful for this moment of calm before you head out into the unknown. So whatever it is for you, bring that to mind. And that'll really set your mood as well for the day. Uh, so simple, simple but profound daily habits massively help. And I speak as somebody who didn't always get this, who didn't always do this. So I know what I'm talking about in the sense that I know in the past when I wasn't doing this, how destructive it was to my day, to my sleep, to everything. So maybe tonight before you go to sleep, whatever time you're listening to this podcast, but maybe set an intention before you sleep of what you would like to achieve tomorrow. And don't bombard it with loads of different things. You don't want to overwhelm yourself in an already pretty overwhelming situation that we find ourselves in. So keep it simple. But if you say simple things like, I'm going to make the bed, I'm going to actually change out of my pyjamas today, even if I just get into another pair, whatever it is. Or maybe I'm going to play 90s music and dance like a mad joke around the kitchen. Find your thing. Find whatever it is that lifts your mood. It might be singing, it might be dancing, it might be drawing, it might be whatever, whatever it is. Find what it is that makes you feel good and do that because right now self-care is really important. And I know people with kids are finding it very hard to take a time out for themselves. And I appreciate that. I only have the one boy, so I know it's a lot more challenging for those of you who have if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Many kids and kids of different ages and lots of different needs and homeschooling and all that goes with it. But try and carve out, even if it's just five minutes in the day for you. And if that means getting up five minutes before your kids do to give yourself a bit of time, do it. It'll be worthwhile. Next up, do you think everything will go back to normal when this is all over? This is a brilliant question. Um, truthfully, I, I, I don't think it will. And I don't mean to sound negative by saying that. But whenever we go through an experience, it inevitably will change us. And this is an experience that we have never had before. And it is already changing the world radically. I don't necessarily think it's all negative or in fact, any of it is negative right now. Um, for me, it already has given me such a massive sense of gratitude and realising what's important and how the people in our lives are everything. It's not about what we do. It's not about how much money we have in the bank. It's not about any of those material things. It's about the people we love. It's about our family. It's about our friends. It's about us as people and what makes us tick. So I think it has expanded, already expanded our awareness, our appreciation, our gratitude. And I think a lot of us may, may have felt that we were taking things for granted. And when you're forced into a situation where you don't know what's around the corner, but the truth is none of us do. You know, this is making a lot of us think about our lives and where we're at and what we're doing. But it was always this way anyway. None of us know what's around the corner, you know. And anyone who's experienced pain, particularly loss, gets this. You know, nobody has a crystal ball. Truly, they don't. They don't know what's going to happen. And all we have is now. So this is teaching us to live. This is teaching us to appreciate and to live in the now. 
I do think when it's all over and we're back to a, in inverted commas, normal life, I think we're going to have one hell of a party. I think the get togethers are going to be epic. Can you imagine, imagine for a moment, putting your arms around someone you love, be it, you know, your mum or dad, if they're still alive, or your granny or your granddad or whoever it is for you, your siblings, your loved ones, your best pals, whoever it is, and giving them a squeeze and having a laugh and having a cry and having a slag and maybe having an old sing song, having a few jars or dancing like an Egypt about the place. Can you imagine how brilliant that all of that is going to be? You know, it's going to be glorious. And we have to remember that that will happen. But the world as a whole, will it go back to normal? I don't think so. You know, people speak about the changes that were made after 9-11. It completely, completely transformed how we travelled. Um, and, you know, 9-11 happened in one place and had an impact around the world. This is affecting the globe. So it will have an impact on us. But instead of worrying ourselves about how that's going to manifest, accepting that all we have, again, bringing it back to the now, is all we can do. Another question. I feel overwhelmed. What can I do to help myself? So first up, know that you're not on your own. And I think many of us have felt overwhelmed. Someone might be listening to this right now who that's exactly how they're feeling. And remember that we are all in this together. We're all connected. We may not be connected physically, but we have never been more connected than we are right now. So something you're feeling, no doubt somebody else has felt the same or will feel the same. So all of these emotions and worries that are coming up for all of us, most of us will have felt or will feel over the next while. So the first thing I think you need to do when you're feeling overwhelmed is to recognise exactly where you're at, to honour those feelings and thoughts. So whatever they are. And how is overwhelm manifesting for you? Sometimes having a good old cry is a good release. Sometimes people will lash out out of fear, um, sort of come out in an angry outburst or frustration. So do whatever you need to do safely. Have a cry. Have a laugh. Talk it out. Whatever it is so that you don't explode. The last thing you want to do is to ignore the feeling, ignore what's coming up for you and then you know, having that argument with the person you live with, be it a housemate or your wife or your husband or whoever it is or with the kids um, because you're not processing what's happening for you. So recognise that fear is completely normal. It's a normal human response to uncertainty and and that's what we're in right now. But also recognise when it's taking over and when it's in the driving seat because we do actually have control over how much it, it impacts our lives. The more we become aware, the more we can actually have that conversation with fear and say, wait a second, right, okay, I'm getting thick with themselves here. Uh, I'm lashing out. I'm fierce cranky. Why am I doing this? I'm doing this because I'm beckon petrified. I'm doing this because I feel completely overwhelmed. I'm doing this because I'm knackered. I haven't slept. I'm flat out cooking dinners. I'm, you know... I have all these kids and I have to homeschool them and entertain them and be the super mom and I don't have two seconds to myself and I'm going to lash out on somebody. So whatever it is for you, recognise where those feelings are coming from. And then what can you do? You can keep doing all the stuff. I keep repeating myself, but because the stuff works, 
breathe, something we do all the time, but how often do we take note of it? So right now, whether you're listening to this on a walk, whether you're in the car driving to your shop to do the shop, whether you're, I don't know, lying in your bed listening to this, take a second to breathe right now. Take a deep breath in. Let's do it together. Breathing in through the nose. Big old deep breath. I know I'm a heavy breather. Hold it. Relax the body as much as you can and then release, let go. Now you can do that a lot slower. You can breathe out through the nose, whatever you want. But about two or three big old deep breaths. It's not going to make all these feelings go away. But in my situation, I find that a few deep breaths is enough for me to get out of my head to get out of the worry and the anger and the frustration and just allow me to connect to the here and now. It's really, really effective. I find that grounding helps me a lot and that means exactly what it sounds like. Bring yourself up and out, away from, you know, being up in your head and all of that, the worry and the overthinking and the overanalyzing down into your feet, grounding yourself. So you can do that in any way whatsoever you want. You can ground yourself by trying out a meditation, by sitting down, becoming aware, breathing. A very simple way of doing it, if you're lucky enough to have a patch of grass in the front or the back of where you live, if you live in an apartment, try and head out and find a patch of grass that is close to the house and stand barefoot in it. You might look a bit crazy, but so the hell what if it makes you feel better? I know it's a bit cold out there, but a few minutes of standing on cool grass. First up, it's enough to kind of shake shake you up physically because the cool sensation at the base of your feet. But it's also proven scientifically to help calm the system and balance the hormones. It's good for you. So I'm not just talking nonsense. Look it up. Also, again, find whatever it is that brings you joy. Find whatever your thing is. Meditation doesn't always have to be sitting in lotus position, um, you know, with Buddha beads uh, smelling of patchouli. You know, it can be that, but it can also be dynamic and it can be dance. It can be singing. It can be art. It can be cycling. It can be running. It can be anything that gives you that feeling of connection, of calm, and that helps. Because if you're overwhelmed, it's a temporary state of being. So if you're overwhelmed, please recognise it is temporary. It's not permanent. Everything has the capacity to change and shift. And by helping yourself and implementing simple tools, you can give yourself the best possible chance to move away from those feelings of overwhelm into right now, right here. What do I have? How can I help myself? I'm angry at my housemate. I need help. Right, again, another emotion that a lot of us have felt or will feel over the next while. And again, born out of frustration, born out of fear. And the fact that we are cooped up at home can allow all these emotions to bubble up. So recognising when you're reacting instead of responding is important. And what I mean by that is usually... So if you're in a situation with somebody and you're feeling angry, you can sometimes lash out and not really think about the impact of your words 
And it happens to me because I'm quite reactive as a person. But what you want to get to is you want to recognise the feeling, go, right, that person is pissing me off or whatever it is, and take a breath and say, right, do I want to tackle them on this? Do I want to say this? And if you do, fair enough. You've done it because you've thought about it and now you're actually responding rather than just reacting. But oftentimes when you do actually take stock of it, you realise that you maybe don't want to say those things that are rolling around in your head that might be nasty comments or hurtful words uh, and you take stock of it. Um, But recognise that we're all human. We're all flawed. You know, just because I'm into meditation, just because I'm into being aware doesn't mean I'm perfect. It's about being real and becoming real with yourself and those around you. And stress can manifest in so many different ways. So this is where actually writing is very important. If anyone keeps a journal, um, you can just have any sort of a notebook. I'm sure many of us have different notebooks thrown in drawers at home. Um, Maybe this is a time to start using it and... It's only for you, so don't worry about your handwriting. Don't worry about what you're saying. But sometimes, say if you're really struggling with with the situation with somebody, be it somebody in your own house or relationship with a pal or a family member, writing down how you feel helps. And it helps because you're getting it out of your body. You're getting it out of your head. You're getting it out of, of every part of you and you're putting pen to paper. And it really is a very simple, again, exercise that has massive benefits. But I had this recently enough with um, a friend of mine. So a few weeks back um, on a group WhatsApp, I basically left a message saying, I, I, can't, I can't leave messages here for a while. I'm taking a step back, which at the time was me reacting and overreacting because I felt quite triggered by by comments that were made in the group, which had nothing to do with the other people and the other person It had everything to do with me. And again, it was born out of fear. And at the time I was consuming loads of news and I felt I like I was on high alert. I was completely in that fight or flight. You know, um, I was just revved up. I wasn't sleeping well. I was feeling anxious. I was irritable and I was lashing out because the truth is we have no control over what other people do. And I know it can get heated with people we love because we're doing it because we care, because our intention is good. But sometimes it can come out a bit warped. So be aware of how you're speaking to people and what you're saying. And when we're worried about people and worried about people we love, sometimes we're worried about how they're behaving, what they're doing um, or what they're not doing, as the case may be. And and sometimes we can say things that are well-meaning, but come out a bit arseways and can hurt people. So if you're angry at your housemate, the best thing I would say to do is start writing it down. Uh, Instead of lashing out at them and telling them you're angry, ask yourself why you're angry. Ask yourself, what is it about their behaviour that is bringing something up for you? Because perhaps there's a learning in that. You know, oftentimes when we're pissed off with people, It's not about them. There's something within us that we need to explore and that we need to delve delve into and delve deeper with. So if you're not able for that right now, I get it. But just write it down. And maybe when you're a little bit less angry, tell them, look, I'm going to have to be perfectly honest with you. And if you're not somebody that is used to being honest, maybe this is your time to be exactly that. Because putting on the brave face, trying to people please, 
you know, suppressing your emotions and your thoughts is no good for anyone, particularly not you. So maybe this is a time to explore being a bit more authentic with yourself so that you can be more real with others. Another question. There's a weird atmosphere when I'm out for my daily walk. Everyone has their head down, looking at the ground or looking at their phone, and it makes me feel sad. So I too are going for my daily walks are going out on the bike and I completely get what you're saying. I've had it as well. Uh, but I've also had the odd smile from a stranger, which is lovely. So what I've decided to do from now on, I haven't always done it, but what I'm doing now is I'm going to give the smile. And whether anyone smiles back at me or not, that's OK, because I have no control over what anyone else does. But I do have control over what I do. So, you know, we all have to behave as if we have the virus or other people have the virus, which is odd, but we're doing it out of love. We're doing it because we care for each other. So I find myself sometimes avoiding people or stepping out in the road safely, obviously, um, to avoid somebody. But I'll always do it and give them a smile as if like, you know, <laughs> I don't want to do this. And just to reassure, reassure each other, because yes, we have to stand away, but that doesn't mean that like, eye contact is off limits or a smile is off limits. We can still do those things and they can actually really help, you know, in a tricky time. It's the same when you go to the supermarket, you know, you might find yourself irritable because you're worried. You're worried you might bump into somebody or somebody might be a bit too close to you when you're picking something off the shelf. If we're all just aware of how we behave as individuals, we can't control anyone else. All we can do is, is become aware of our own actions and also have compassion and be nice and gentle and sound towards a person working at the till or whoever it is that may not want to work there, may have had a really tough day um, and however they're feeling personally, they still have to provide a service. So let's give them a smile, ask them how they are, you know, just be a bit decent. Um, we don't need to go around biting each other's heads off. We can ask each other in nice ways, you know, to move back or whatever the case may be. And if somebody responds with anger, well, know that that's their own fear manifesting that way and it's nothing to do with you. I'm going to finish up with a few questions about meditation because a lot of you actually asked about, you know, what it is, how did I get into it? You know, and I just thought I'd answer a, a few questions. So first up, how did you learn to teach meditation? So I've been, I've been doing meditations as in listening to them for many years many, many years. And then eight years ago, when I went through my cancer treatment, I found yoga and found it massively beneficial. And then I decided to do some courses in it. And obviously, as part of my yoga training, I learned more about meditation and why it works and why it's good for us. Sometimes I do it more than others. Right now, I'm probably meditating more than I have done in some time and I'm feeling the benefit. But it is something that um, I think the more we do, the more beneficial it obviously is. And while it's great to feel relaxed or that sense of calm that comes over us during the meditation, the whole purpose of it is that it helps us through our normal life and through the hours after we do the meditation. It, you know, increases awareness compassion. Um, it's it's not about just feeling relaxed. While that is good, I'm not dissing it. 
a great thing if somebody listens to a meditation and takes them out of the fear or the frustration they're feeling and maybe soothes, soothes the mind and body a bit. But it's actually what it what it really does is it helps bring that sense of realness and appreciation and acceptance and awareness into our lives. How do I prioritise meditation? Again, I think it goes back to daily habits. If you've never done it, well, then it's going to take some time to train our mind and our bodies to become used to this new thing that we're incorporating. But instead of feeling like you have to do a big, long meditation, you can start off by simply breathing, you know, and you can do that in a few, you can do it in a few seconds, you can do it in a few minutes. You know, breathing and becoming aware of our breaths, that's meditation. You know, it doesn't have to be this big, long thing. It doesn't also have to be silence. And silence is obviously a wonderful meditation to do, to simply sit in silence and become completely aware and lucid while feeling relaxed. Uh, Oftentimes when I've done silent meditations, I've struggled to stay with it and I have nodded off or felt like I'm about to topple over and fall asleep. So for me, I found that sound is my way in. So I like to um, chant. I like to sing. I like to listen to, um, you know, any kind of a sound bath experience. That stuff works for me. And I've discovered that um, over the past few years, that, that is my my thing. We all have our thing. So for some people, you know, their idea of meditating is, you know, by boxing or training or going out on the bike or getting into the water and going for a swim. It's a different type of meditation. When you bring your awareness into what you're doing and you're fully present in that action, that in itself is meditation. So there's no right or wrong. There's never a right or wrong. Where you're at is where you're at and where you're at is exactly where you're meant to be. So um, that should give you a bit of comfort as well because I think sometimes people feel sure I can't do that I've never done that before and I'm not the kind of person that can meditate anyone can meditate anyone doesn't matter where you're from what you do how healthy or unhealthy you are you know it doesn't matter every single one of us um, can meditate so yeah it's available for everyone so I'm going to wrap it up now because I think At times when you record a podcast of this nature, it can be a lot of info to absorb um, at the one time. And I don't want to bombard anyone with with too much. But what you would have heard is a lot of common themes and a lot of stuff that really is very simple. You know, this stuff is simple but profound. And when we bring these tools into our lives, they can really, really help. And I know this firsthand because I have tried them out myself. And... um, And they work. I want to end by saying that my heart goes out to anyone listening who's sick in any way right now or feeling vulnerable or feeling scared. Anyone who's who's caring for anyone who's sick right now, be it coronavirus or otherwise, or if you're helping in your communities and you're putting yourself in in a vulnerable situation by doing that. And especially, especially to the families of those who have already died who are no longer here. Um, My heart aches for you. I have no idea what you're going through right now. But for what it's worth, I'm so sorry. I can't imagine how tough this whole experience is for you right now. So that's where it's up to the rest of us to play our part and do all we can to stay safe, stay at home, 
And to look for the good if we're struggling, if we're struggling to see the light, look for the good. Help ourselves, all of us. We need to help ourselves to feel better each and every day because we don't know how long this is going to go on for. So keep bringing it back to the now. It is all we have. It is all we know. And again, remind ourselves that when we're out the other side of this and if we're lucky enough that our health is still intact and those we love are still here. Oh, how we will celebrate and how we will have the crack. And all we can do is hang on to that, hang on to that thought. And show each other love and compassion and understanding and connection. And help each other. Because nothing else matters. An Irish-American teacher called Kitty O'Mara wrote a poem earlier this month called And the People Stayed Home. It's been shared across social media over the past few weeks and it really struck a chord with me when I saw it first. I saw it on somebody's Instagram page, shared it on my stories. I think a lot of people thought it had been written by another um, poet many, many years ago. But in fact, it was written by this woman in America only a few weeks ago. And the words are absolutely beautiful. And I found when I read them that it gave me a sense of peace. It gave me a sense of hope. And if you haven't heard it, I want to finish this podcast with her beautiful words. And the people stayed home and read books and listened and rested and exercised and made art and played games and learned new ways of being and were still and listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced, some met their shadows and the people began to think differently and the people healed. And in the absence of people living in ignorant, dangerous, mindless and heartless ways, the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed and the people joined together again, they grieved their losses and made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live and heal the earth fully as they had been healed. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. Mind yourselves, stay safe. We will get through this. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 